The Bible Study Podcast, episode 232. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of 1 Samuel. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. In this episode of the Bible Study Podcast, we continue with the study of 1 Samuel with chapter 9, where Israel finally gets the king that they desired but that God did not desire for them. Remember that up until this time, God has been their king, and he has occasionally appointed judges, the last of the judges being Samuel himself. But at this point, with Samuel's sons being not faithful to God, the people say, this is a good time for us to have a king like everyone else. 1 Samuel 9. There was a Benjamite, a man of standing, whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bekorath, the son of Aphia of Benjamin. Kish had a son named Saul, as handsome a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel, and he was a head taller than anyone else. Now the donkeys belonging to Saul's father Kish were lost, and Kish said to his son Saul, Take one of the servants with you and go look for the donkeys. So he passed through the hill country of Ephraim, and went through the area around Shalisha, but did not find them. They went on to the district of Salim, but the donkeys were not there. Then he passed through the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find them. When they reached the district of Zuf, Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come, let us go back, or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about us. But the servant replied, Look, in this town there is a man of God. He is highly respected, and everything he says comes true. Let's go there now. Perhaps he will tell us what way to take. Saul said to his servant, If we go, what can we give the man? The food in our sacks is gone. We have no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? The servant answered him, Look, he said, I have a quarter of a shekel of silver. I will give it to the man of God so that he will tell us what way to take. Formerly in Israel, if someone went to inquire of God, they would say, Come, let us go to the seer, because the prophet of today used to be called a seer. Good Saul said to his servant, Come, let's go. So they set out for the town where the man of God was. As they were going up the hill to the town, they met some young women coming to draw water, and they asked them, Is the seer here? He is, they answered. He's ahead of you. Hurry now, he has just come to our town today, for the people have a sacrifice at the high place. As soon as you enter the town, you will find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. The people will not begin eating until he comes, because he must bless the sacrifice. Afterward, those who are invited will eat. Go up now. You should find him about this time. They went up to the town. As they were entering it, there was Samuel coming toward them on his way to the high place. And so we get the introduction in these verses to Saul, and Saul who will become the first king of Israel, as we'll see in a minute. And Did you notice what Saul's qualifications are so far for the job? We know that he is the son of a Benjamite. We know that he is tall, a head taller than everybody else. And we know that he's not good at finding donkeys. And that's really all we know about Saul. So really we'd have to say so far all he's got going for him is he's tall. Benjamin being one of the smaller of the tribes wouldn't be where you would expect to find the kings. 
Now, there is research even today that says people who are taller tend to be more easily elected, tend to be more readily made heads of corporations. We shouldn't laugh too much in terms of his being tall. We do tend to, and I mean this in both senses, look up to tall people. And there's no particularly good reason for that. And it isn't necessarily, and I say this as a tall person, it isn't necessarily the best basis for a monarchy. But so far, that's what we get. We get Saul, who's out looking for donkeys with his servant, and they go to find Samuel to find lost donkeys. Now, continuing on in verse 15, Now the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. About this time tomorrow I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked on my people, for their cry has reached me. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, This is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. Saul approached Samuel in the gateway and asked, Would you please tell me where the seer's house is? I am the seer, Samuel replied. Go up ahead of me to the high place, for today you are to eat with me, and in the morning I will send you on your way and tell you all that is in your heart. As for the donkeys you lost three days ago, do not worry about them, they have been found." And to whom is all the desire of Israel turned, if not you and your whole family line? Saul answered, But am I not a Benjamite from the smallest tribe of Israel? And is not my clan the least of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you say such a thing to me? Then Samuel brought Saul and his servant into the hall and seated them at the head of those who were invited, about thirty in number. Samuel said to the cook, Bring the piece of meat I gave you, the one I told you to lay aside. So the cook took up the thigh with what was on it and set it in front of Saul. Samuel said, Here is what has been kept for you. Eat because it was set aside for you for this occasion from the time I said I have invited guests. And Saul dined with Samuel that day. After they came down from the high place to the town, Samuel talked with Saul on the roof of his house. They rose about daybreak, and Samuel called to Saul on the roof, Get ready, and I will send you on your way. When Saul got ready, he and Samuel went outside together. As they were going down to the edge of the town, Samuel said to Saul, Tell your servant to go ahead of you, and the servant did so, but you stay here a while, so that I may give you a message from God. And so we learn the other half of this story, which is that Saul was expected. Saul thinks he's going up simply to find donkeys. Samuel tells him the donkeys, in fact, have already been found, which is odd because how would Samuel know except if he's told by God, since he is a seer or a prophet. And then stranger still, Saul finds that he is not only expected, but they have already set aside a special portion for him because Samuel has told his cook to get ready for guests. So far, that's all that Saul knows. But Samuel is about to tell him something more important. So continuing on in 1 Samuel 10, Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him, saying, Has not the Lord appointed you ruler over his inheritance? When you leave today, you will meet two men near Rachel's tomb at Zelzah on the border of Benjamin. They will say to you, The donkeys you set out to look for have been found, and now your father has stopped thinking about them and is worried about you. He is asking, What shall I do about my son? Then you will go from there until you reach the great tree of Tabor. Three men are going up to worship God at Bethel will meet you there. One will be carrying three young goats. 
another three loaves of bread, and another a skin of wine. They will greet you and offer you the two loaves of bread, which you will accept from them. After that, you will go to Gibeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyres, timbrels, pipes, and harps being played before them and they will be prophesying. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. Go down ahead of me to Gilgal. I will surely come down to you to sacrifice burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, but you must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what you are to do." These have got to be strange instructions. Again, Saul was simply seeking donkeys. But instead, he finds that God has a different plan for him. And in one of those rare moments, he runs across this man of God, Samuel, this seer, this prophet, who is able to lay out for him very specifically three steps. He's going to run into someone who's going to tell him the donkeys are found. He's going to run into three men of God from Bethel. And he's going to go prophesy with the prophets at Gibeah. So, This is very explicit instructions, and they're meant as signs to Saul that he can know that this is a word from God. So rather than Samuel just saying, this is the story, you're supposed to be king, he says, we're going to show you three signs, and these signs are going to tell you that what I'm saying is true. Continuing on, as Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed Saul's heart, and all these signs were fulfilled that day. When he and his servant arrived at Gibeah, a procession of prophets met him. The Spirit of God came powerfully upon him, and he joined in their prophesying. When all those who had formerly known him saw him prophesying with the prophets, they asked each other, What is this thing has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? A man who lived there answered, And who is their father? So it became a saying, Is Saul among the prophets? After Saul stopped prophesying, he went to the high place. Now Saul's uncle asked him and his servant, Where have you been? Looking for donkeys, he said. But when we saw they were not to be found, we went to Samuel. Saul's uncle said, Tell me what Samuel said to you. Saul replied, He assured us the donkeys had been found. But he did not tell his uncle what Samuel had said about the kingship. Samuel summoned the people of Israel to the Lord at Mizpah and said to them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought Israel up out of Egypt, and I delivered you from the power of Egypt and all the kingdoms that oppressed you. But you have now rejected your God, who saved you out of all your disasters and calamities. And you have said, No, appoint a king over us. So now present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and clans. When Samuel had all Israel come forward by tribes, the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. Then he brought forward the tribe of Benjamin, clan by clan, and Matri's clan was taken. Finally, Saul, son of Kish, was taken. But when they looked for him, he was not to be found. So they inquired further of the Lord, Has the man come here yet? And the Lord said, Yes, he has hidden himself among the supplies. They ran and brought him out, and as he stood among the people, he was a head taller than any of the others. Samuel said to all the people, Do you see the man the Lord has chosen? There is no one like him among all the people. Then the people shouted, Long live the king. 
Samuel explained to the people the rights and duties of kingship. He wrote them down on a scroll and deposited it before the Lord. Then Samuel dismissed the people to go to their own homes. Saul also went to his home in Gibeah, accompanied by valiant men whose hearts God had touched. But some scoundrels said, How can this fellow save us? They despised him and brought him no gifts. But Saul kept silent. And so Saul is at first apparently a reluctant king. Saul doesn't want to tell his uncle what Samuel has said. Saul doesn't want to be proclaimed king so far as we can see. He hides among the luggage instead of going out and welcoming the kingship that he has been told he is going to be appointed to. And he immediately runs into both support of valiant men and he runs into opposition. Even though, again, it is the people who have called for a king, this was not something that pleased God, as Samuel made clear. But Saul, at this point, is also prudent. He's been a king for a very short period of time, and so when people bring him no gifts, he doesn't immediately become a tyrant and have them killed or something else, as a king might do, but he keeps silent. So far, so good. But on the other hand, Saul hasn't done anything yet. And in the next chapter, we'll see Saul the king. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hi, I'm Beckett Cook, host of The Beckett Cook Show. I lived as a gay man in Hollywood for many, many years until I had a radical encounter with Jesus 13 years ago. Since then, I've gotten my master's degree in seminary and published a book called A Change of Affection. On my podcast, The Beckett Cook Show, I sit down with fascinating Christian scholars and thinkers to address the lies of the culture and bring the biblical truth to bear on those lies. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for The Becca Cook Show on your favorite podcasting platform.